My name is Ilan Haimov, partner and department head of the Profit Participation Department at GHA. I would like to welcome you back to the Movie Business Podcast Series, where we do our best to make sense of the new motion picture ecosystem with special guest, with special guest Steve Kovach of Vine. Alongside me is Jason Squire, professor at the USC School of Cinematic Arts and editor of the Movie Business Book. Jason, why don't you take it from here? Thanks, Alan. Welcome, Steve. Stephen Kovach is founding member of Vine Alternative Investments and has been chief financial officer and head of business origination since its inception in 2007. As CFO, he oversees all financial reporting and operational activities of Vine. As head of business origination, he's responsible for spearheading all business development activities, including the development and management of key entertainment industry and financial relationships. He also plays a key role in transaction negotiation and execution and sits on the firm's investment committee. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Great. Steve, with changes in the entertainment industry, such as the massive shift to streaming, how do investors and co-financiers adapt? an arena known for high volatility and risk? Look, it's a really interesting question and something as an investor in the space uh, for the last 14 years that we think about regularly. Um, you know, all else, all else being held equal, I think, you know, our, our finance MBAs would tell us, you know, more volatility, more risk, you should demand a higher return um, in your investments that you're looking at. But, I think, you know, in, in today's day and age, as, as there's a lot of disruption in the industry, what's important is that, you know, you navigate the waters and navigate the different types of risk. I think what we're seeing is the current disruption has caused, um, certainly caused an opportunity for, in, for investors. But uh, as we look at things, I think you... Uh, on a deal by deal basis, there's different risks based on the different types of deals. You know, there's transactions today where people are simply financing Netflix receivables. And um, e even if I looked at that as an individual deal today, the way I would have looked at it perhaps four years ago when Netflix was first getting started and it, there was a question of how long, you know, or, or whether they had uh, um, uh, longevity, if you will, in the company. Um, it's certainly a different profile of where they are today as, as they continue to increase their subscriber base and shore up their balance sheet. You know, and then I think as, as investors look at things like investing in film um, before a film is released to the market, it's certainly something to focus on given the new windows that are there where you know, even, even three or four years ago, a film would have a useful life over 40 or 50 years and travel through a theatrical window and then a home entertainment window and pay uh, a pay TV window and then continue to move on from there. Today, the windowing is much, much different and there's different risks that are associated with that and, and, and different economics, I think, that are associated with it. So it, it's important, you know, as a financial... Um, manager. We manage money for um, um, several large institutional investors and pension plans as part of our business. 
um, it's something that being a dedicated manager in a space that we pay attention to every day and you adapt to the industry as things change. Thank you. Thank you, Steve, for that. I, I wanted to uh, uh, shift gears to the, uh, the ever changing industry uh, with respect to consolidation. Um, there appears to be some concern out there with valuation of deals between related parties and, and, their, and, and these deals impact on investors and co-financiers, particularly um, when you're not really dealing with cash transactions, but rather imputed and uh, you know, paper transactions between related parties. We wanted to get your perspective as to how that may impact financial deals in the future. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's definitely something on the forefront um, and and warrants consideration. Um, uh, you know, as as the major studios um, have created their own OT over the top platforms or digital platforms with whether it's um, CBS with CBS All Access or or you know now HBO HBO Max playing on with Warner Brothers. It's uh, it's it certainly you know in-house dealing is certainly something that it's it's a concern as an investor and something that you need to uh, consider when underwriting or evaluating a transaction. Look, I think first and foremost, um, we'd be a little naive to think that it didn't exist in the past. Um, most of these most of the studios are large conglomerates that have their own broadcast networks and cable networks and have been transacting with them for periods of time. I think it's maybe a bit more evident today because of the streaming platforms and there's been a lot of news about it in the in the in the press. So when we when we're looking at transactions or I think is a when an investor is looking at transactions, I think it's important going into the deal to try to um highlight where those um risks can be or where those intercompany transactions can be and try to work with the counterparty to determine, um, you know, the best way to address it. And like the simple way to do it is to know that there's a rate card, for example, or a contractual payment that happens that both parties agree to going into the deal. So if it's, if it's a film that's going to sell from um, the production side of the house to the distribution side of the house on their streaming platform. If there is an agreed upon purchase price based on the size of the budget or something along that line, again, that both parties are agreeing to going into the transaction. I think that's certainly a solution. I think other things that we've seen in the space is um, uh, the studio coming to the financial investor or the participants, the talent participants in the deal, and before they go ahead and green light the transaction, everybody agrees to what the terms are on a specific title by title basis. Um, and look, things change and evolve over time. So there's always the there's always something in your deal documents that you, we look for, and I think other financial investors look for to have the right to ultimately audit and compare the underlying um, transaction to what a third party transaction may be. Um, Alan, as you know, that's why we've used your firm in the past to you know to ensure that we audit um, transactions that we're involved with, and and it 
when need to, you know, have a conversation with the studio about what the proper uh, transfer fees could have or should have been. And then, you know, in the end, I think, uh, and, you know, your your last consideration or one of the last considerations is you ultimately have a right to um, what your counterparty is um, es- escalate, you know, the, the fairness of, of the uh, potential conflict. And if you need to litigate or, you know, or, or proceed in that direction is to, you know, res- preserve your rights going into a deal to make sure that you have those rights. I mean, those are the, those are those are certainly things that we focus on when we're underwriting any deal. And I know, um, as it pertains to the, the studios and, and dealing with themselves, whether it's there at the you know their downstream um, cable platforms or TV platforms, it's always something that becomes a, a point of attention for us. Wow, that's fascinating, huh? Steve. Here's a big picture question for investors. What are areas of growth within the entertainment industry beyond film and television that investors should pay attention to? Sure. You know, I think I, I think Jason, it comes down to you know where their appetite is, you know what their risk return appetite is. Um, in the industry continues to evolve. Uh, you know, if we go back to the 1930s and where the industry um, used to be then. Uh, when it was just uh, movies being released on the big screen, uh, everybody was really concerned when televisions first came online, and you know we thought that the consumers thought that uh, the television was going to cannibalize all the theatrical market, and there would never be room for both those things. And then, you know, here we are today, where you can virtually watch any type of content, uh, you know, almost anywhere you are. Um, on the planet these days, right? With because we all walk around with a supercomputer in our hands or in our pockets, um, so it, it's going to continue to evolve. I think at some point, right now, we you know we we're looking at new things coming into the market like AI. Um, there was some experimentation with 3D. I think as we as we look at demographics these days, it seems like. Consumers now are more um, uh, more gearing up and being excited about live entertainment events and experiences where they can sort of interact with um, whether it's a, a singer uh, or or an artist or being involved in live experiences with their favorite characters. Um, so I, you know, I, I I think there could be a lot of progress in those areas. Um, you know, I was, we also look at sort of video gaming, um, if you will, and, and looking at how much of the world is converting from the practical world, if you will, or the live world to the e-world, right? Um, e-sporting events coming on versus live events, uh, things that are done online or in the artificial environment rather than in the real environment. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities there going forward, and I think the other big thing is is which continues to be a, a sort of base is a is the sports arena. Um, in America, we love our sports, and um, you know we continue to uh, watch the Super Bowl every year in you know January or February when it comes out, and go out and get out to events and and do things that way. So. Look, we're excited about the prospects for the future, and I think that 
there's, you know, there'll, there'll always be a way to kind of find the next great thing or the next cool thing to invest in based on your, you know, your appetite and your risk tolerance. But um, it, w- it was interesting um, just recently was sitting with some people talking about, you know, in a financial club talking about coming into 2021 and coming out of COVID, like what are going to be the new companies that sort of drive the economy these days? And it's funny anymore that we don't talk about companies like, you know, General Motors or General Electric or Sprint um, or United Technologies or somebody like that anymore. Everybody's talking about Amazon and Uber or Tesla or, you know, like we're having this call now over Zoom. Um, we all evolve. And it, I think for sure in the entertainment industry, it, it, for at least the intermediate term, everything's going to be about, um, you know, technology and how we can consume our IP and our content through utilizing the best and greatest new technology that's out there. Thank you, Steve. That was uh, very insightful, uh, particularly uh, as we as we look to the future. Um, and also wanted to thank you, Jason, for uh, continuing to participate with me on these podcasts and wanted to thank all of you listening in to our series. Thank you all.